Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 359. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. Mm-hmm. And I've got some information on that in a second. But Uh-oh. I've got to introduce a special guest with us as well. Nolan King is here as well, making his long-awaited return to in-person coverage of the <laughs> MMA Roadshow. Done some, done some little hits here and there, but now we're talking about in-person in Houston, Texas. Yeah, we get to have a conversation face-to-face now. It's not like none of that Zoom nonsense where only it's one person crazy. can talk at a time, all that stuff. So. It's good to be here. It means the world's moving in the right direction too, it, a little bit, huh? It is right. Like you and I have kind of been in like opposite things, right? Because I was thinking about like I haven't covered a Bellator event in over two years, and obviously you haven't really done UFC because Bellator's been in your backyard yeah. the same way that the UFC's been in ours. So it's been like your de facto exclusive beat for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been weird, man. You know, it's been great. Obviously, a great uh, experience for me. Um, you know, I think Junkie now is a little bit more comfortable with me running some shows by myself, sure. stuff like that. Um, but definitely want to get back in the mix with this because this is, you know, this is the UFC. This yeah, is no the, doubt. The big show. So. Big show, big yeah. pay-per-view. We'll definitely talk about that USC 271. Cold Coffee, I promised you some information. Yeah, you what's know, this? You know, I was like, you know, we haven't really – I feel like we haven't been on the road together in a while. Like, I've gone on the road and you've missed an event. Mm-hmm. You've gone on the road and I've missed yeah, an event. Yeah, that's what you were saying the other night. Yeah, I, I, I went back and looked. Okay. Do you know when the last time we were on the road together was? Even though Vegas were technically I, on the but we're, Well, okay. I did <laughs> – a bit We're of, on the road, the on, road. On the piece of it, yeah, there, there's, we did find out, well, it didn't find out, but it, it, it dawned on me. When I figured out that we hadn't been on the road together, okay. since UFC 263, which was June of last year, it's been eight months has it really? since we've been on the road together. That's so crazy. The MMA Roadshow has been fantastic events in Las Vegas, but not together on the road. So this is, uh, wow. I don't say historic, but it's, it's, it's a good feel to have it all here. It's been a while. But, wow. yes, that was the other information. So it was making me feel kind of, when I figured that out, I thought, wow, we're the MMA Roadshow and we don't go on the road together. I'm like, what a terrible, terrible thing we are. But then it dawned on me that the UFC Apex is on El Camino Road, which, of course, is the road. The road. So the UFC Apex <laughs> is on the road. So we are the MMA Road Show, even when we're at home, because we're, we're on, on El Camino at the UFC Apex. And while we're talking about a little bit of that El Camino, some of that Spanish language, Spanish, as I saw yeah. you take a big swig oh. over there, oh. this week's episode brought to you by La Adelita Tequila. La Adelita Tequila is also the uh, official sponsor uh, of CFFC, the official tequila of Cage Fury Fighting Championships. And as you know, the fine folks over there sent us over a, uh, I don't know, a variety of, of beverages to taste. Last yeah. week, of course, well, we had the saddle up. We, <laughs> we had the, the Duke, Duke extra in Yeho, and the Duke kicked our ass. I'm not gonna lie. The Duke fucked us up. The that Duke was ridiculous. Kicked our ass. It is really, really good. I highly recommend. This week, we're going with the uh, La Adelita Tequila Single Estate Reposado Tequila. Estate. <laughs> Single Estate. <laughs> In the heart of Los Altos de Jalisco, uh, so obviously single estate. That's kind of like you know, normally you, you take these tequilas and they just grab some plants from over here and some oh, yeah. plants yeah, from over there. Mix. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not this single estate, all one. Uh, and uh, we're kind of, kind of, kind of getting it going on this. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit more of a traditional tequila flavor, so a little bit of that, that harshness that you associate with it. But let still me say, smooth. it's still smooth. Yeah, I mean this this is about as good as it comes. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. it says. I actually kind of like the name. I didn't know what the name meant when I first heard it, but it's actually kind of cool. It says, La Adelita became the symbol of the commitment of the female soldier that fought in the revolution for the rights of all Mexican people. Her strength, bravery, and courage endure to this day. In the spirit of Adelita, this tequila is distilled by hand the old-fashioned way in small copper pot stills circa 1920s Cuba. Single estate from the purest agave, hand-selected and harvested in the rich red soils of our plantations in the heart of the highlands of Jalisco. So uh, I think it's cool because um, they're, they're, they're associating themselves with mixed martial arts, you know, but, but it's like uh, female warriors. And so I'm like, man, what a cool. I, I think they're, they're trying to come up with like some ad campaigns and stuff that might actually feature some of uh, maybe some UFC athletes and some female MMA fighters. So yeah. uh, pretty cool. So shout out to La Adelita for uh, – Delivering again. Now, have you told them about Juliana Miller yet? Have you pitched them on any? I have not pitched them on Juliana Miller yet, but uh, yes, Juliana Miller is a bit of a psycho. <laughs> I like in a good way though, but in a psycho. We we did meet the Ultimate Fighter 30 cast. We'll be rolling out all those videos. She is a. There are some characters on there, and and, and Juliana. I'm just gonna say it right now. Once you see her interview, I think you'll agree. 
there's no way she's not at the center of some insane drama this year on the Ultimate Fighter 30. Like, she is just going to piss some people off. Oh, I hope so. She's like the ultimate, like, when reality shows were kind of at their peak, they'd always be the villain on the season. That's uh, her. She gives that major vibes, you know? And That's it's, her. it's great. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Can I, I know a lot of people are, ah, the Ultimate Fighter. I get it. Totally understand. Not, 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 not saying you got to turn in your hardcore card if you're not going to watch it, but I'm going to watch it. I'll watch everything. I will say, after we talked to the cast earlier this week before we came down to Houston, there's some characters on both sides of it, the uh, the heavyweights as well. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. You can't release the uh, the changes you've already seen, or is that are those? I guess did that come out the change? Sir, is that already letting stuff out? You're not supposed to be talking about this. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say any names. I'm just saying things might change up. <laughs> I was not there and was not told that. Thank I can't you, say anything. Thank you, for the breaking news yeah. because Cole Coffee is just already like talking about stuff we're not supposed to be talking about. No, fuck it. Let's go for it. <laughs> There was a cast change, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa Odessa's out and Hannah Guy's in. So. There you go. Boom. Wow, I wasn't going to say names, <laughs> but breaking news on the MMA Roadshow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So That's the cast why that was announced in. is That's changing. Why you yes. tune That's in. why you tune in. Thank you, La Delita, for just loosening the strings. I mean, if we could bit. do it. Well, who did we do that before? Was it, uh, what the fuck was it? EA. Remember EA Sports? We got in trouble with EA Sports. Yeah. They got mad That at was us. awesome. They really They, yeah. like, legit tried to reach out and were yelling at the UFC that we released game details. Yeah. And that, the whole big thing was like, oh, here, come watch this EA display. And we're like, oh, man, this is so awesome. I really hope the commentary of this, this, this gets to stay in. And they were like, that's what you weren't supposed to talk about. <laughs> we were supposed to, well, we were supposed to stay on one. They were like, just stay on this one mode. We were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so we went into the other mode, and then you could hear like Snoop Dogg all through it and all this other shit. And it was like, they didn't want that yeah, that yeah. knowledge out there. I was like, okay. well, yeah. get trouble for that. Hey. I think this was this was this was a little less of a leak because I think it happened before the filming started. So yeah, I think it's, I didn't yeah. even get a date because yeah. it happened right away. But what we learned from that situation is that EA uh, Sports is a big fan of that. The MMA yes, <laughs> yeah. they obviously watch. They must the have show. some spies or something, yeah, huh? I mean. Hey. Boots on the ground. I wish they would hop on the Patreon. Give me a little <laughs> Patreon.com slash Cinema Roadshow, EA Sports. <laughs> Just to double check to make sure we're not releasing information on yeah. games that you're not showing us. Maybe you're releasing them over there. <laughs> maybe maybe you want to maybe you want to be able to listen. All right, guys. Let's talk about USC 271. Media Day was today. Uh, you guys covered it uh, from on-site. Of course, I am here in Houston. Uh, but I covered it from my hotel room. I'm I am not an unofficial part of the MMA Junkie coverage this week. I am here as a... Uh, roadshow coverage. I'm roadshow coverage. Yeah, I didn't want to miss out on this event, so I'm... I'm kind of here of uh, oh, my own effort, but uh, I'll be at the uh, the press conference tomorrow, uh, the weigh-ins, and of course at the fights as well. So uh, yeah, Media Day of State main event, of course, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, um, heavily anticipated main event. It's interesting, right? Because the first time this fight happened, man, I just was like, this is the best fight you can make right now. This is unbelievable, right? Stadium show, you know, down in that part of the world, amazing. Still think it's an amazing fight, especially what Robert Whitaker has done, right? But I will admit, I, I feel like my level of excitement is a little bit less than it was the first time around, and yet I feel kind of bad for that because, you know, Robert Whitaker, if, if, if you believe what you hear, and I, I have no reason not to. I mean, I think he's been pretty open and honest about it, right? Like, Robert Whitaker has had this interesting career arc where, like, he came in, that dude hated talking to the media. Like, just it was terrible interviews, did not like talking to us at all. Gained comfort with it and, and started to have a little fun. I think people started to really like the guy and, and see who he was. But around the time of that Adesanya fight, you could really feel the tension and the stress and everything that was around him. And, and you know, the fight happened. Certainly did not go his way. Um, I think we all thought he fought a little bit emotional. He fought a little bit crazy, you know, a little bit out of character for what we thought it would take to beat Israel Adesanya. Uh, take some time away restructures everything, admits he kind of reevaluated everything, and, and, and now he's back. You know, puts a nice win streak together, and now he's back. Um, I do believe this is a more competitive fight than the first time around, but I'm still struggling to get over just how good Israel Adesanya looked in that first one. And uh, I think maybe that's tempering my enthusiasm. Not for the fight. I'm excited for the fight, but just for the idea that Robert has what it takes to win the fight. And and I and I felt like maybe I'm kind of being a little bit unfair to him, but I, I just that it's tough to get that first fight out. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's it's uh it's interesting, right? Because I think Rob's looked so good over the uh, the 15 rounds or so. I think it was 15 rounds that he won against Gastelum, uh, against Jared Cannonier, uh, against uh, who's the other one? Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Till, Whoever the till, yeah, Darren Till, Till. Yeah, 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 and and, and, what, and yeah. what thirteen rounds we'll say because the uh, Kennedyer was a three rounder, but okay, still thirteen true, rounds. True, true, true. Yeah, so I mean, he's looked phenomenal over that, but it's just a matter of like, is he outside of the Yan fight where he was just kind of outsized, outmuscled? You know, it was I don't think you can really 
put that into the whole mix when it comes to him fighting at 185. Like outside of that, I mean, Izzy's looked pretty flawless, and so I think it's it was less of you know maybe it wasn't Whitaker's best performance, but I don't think you can necessarily say it was a fluke or an outlier. Or there's nothing that screams to me like, hey, you know, this guy is going to be the one that storms back and, you know, shows that that was just really some off the grid uh, outlier of a performance. I just maybe it'll be closer, maybe it'll last longer, but I think it's ultimately going to have the same outcome. That's what I can't get away from. Like, I don't think it's going to be I don't think it'd be quite as one sided. I do think that Rob Whitaker is going to fight a little bit smarter, a little bit more intelligently. But but it's exactly what you said. So I I, I started there's a new article that's going to come out tomorrow. Like the, the reason not that we've done them before, like reasons to watch, whatever. But yep. um, they've asked me to start doing them. And so I, I did one tomorrow. And I was talking about the, obviously the main event is a big reason to watch this event. But I was talking about that as well, because, you know, if you look at out of sign and you can be like, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, I mean, Jan Blahovich showed us what the blueprint is, right? And it's like, okay, hold on. Jan is way bigger. And let's not forget that was in a small cage too, right? So, I mean, those two factors together, like, I just don't, I don't think Rob Whitaker can, can look at Jan and be like, well, I just have to do that and, and I'll win the fight, right? I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, I do think that any, I think that any path to victory for Rob Whitaker, like, has to involve grappling, right? Like, you just can't. You can't outstrike Israel out of sign. No, right? I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I think even even Izzy's uh, efforts off his back in the Yan fight, like, I just – I think it was really about how much stronger and bigger Yan was. You know, I mean, I don't even remember what Izzy weighed in at, but it was not even the light heavyweight. Yeah, it was under. It was like 202 yeah. or something. So um, I think that that was maybe a little bit of a calculated uh, miscalculation on his part. And, I mean, this is, a, like I said, a 185-pound fight. Rob is st- probably a strong, powerful guy, but – um, you know, there's been a lot of strong, powerful guys that Izzy's beaten. There's been Paulo Costa. There's been Marvin Vittori. There's been, you know, some of the more muscular, big, scary dudes in that division have not been able to do that. So yeah. um, I think Rob's great. He's a well-rounded martial artist. I think it's pretty clear cut that outside of Israel Adesanya, he's probably the best in the world. But uh, that's not who he's. That's not going to help him on Saturday, you know. Boy, that's what I think. And yeah. and I hate to say, like, I, I like Rob Whitaker a lot, and it just feels like he's in a really good place, as we said, like mentally. And I, I mean, it's such a nice guy and, and fun to be around. Yeah. And like I said, he used to hate doing the media. Now he's kind of joking about stuff and laughing. And I, th- I thought his demeanor today was incredible. Um, but I just kind of feel like you said that he's the second best middleweight in the world right now, you know. And I don't I don't know what you do with that, you know. After he lost last time. You know, again, I think his life was structured a little bit different at that time, and so I don't think it was just the result of the loss that like caused him to want to walk away from the sport for a little while. But I do wonder what will happen if he comes up short here. Where does he go from there? You yeah. know, like I don't think I, I don't think he's cutting to 170, and and I don't think he's going up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. did he start at 170 in the UFC? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, at this point in his career, though, I don't think that would I don't be very. Think so either. I mean, maybe it would be one of those sad things we see somebody try, like you know, Cody. Oh, I'm going to try flyweight towards the end, like something like crazy like that, where he really depletes himself. But yeah, I mean, it's a tough. It's a it's a really tough position to be in when you have such a dominant champion to be the second best. You know, it sucks. And yeah. just to 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 be specific. He has not fought – he made his middleweight debut in 2014. So he's mm. not fought in welterweight in seven years, Yeah, it's eight one of those years, weird you – know? him and Wonder Boy is one of those weird fights. Like, yeah. You know, looking back. At the time, we were like, okay, up-and-comer Australian. You know, Wonder Boy's got some heat behind him. Now it's like, wow, that's a really weird Crazy, fight that, right? that happened. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what do you make of Israel Adesanya, right? Israel Adesanya – first of all, I, boy, the, the the attention to detail that this guy has in turn I, I think the one thing that really stood out to me today – and it just goes to show you the level of that he thinks of things, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Conor McGregor in his peak yeah. in that way, you know, where he's like, you know, I brought back the high top fade, like I brought back the hairstyle that I had when I beat him the first time, so that when he steps in there, there'll be deja vu. I was like, that's some next level shit right there. Yeah, it's a level, it's an angle of thinking that I don't think like. You know, I think when we go into one of those press conferences, you know, I ask a question, I have an idea maybe of what people are going to say, and he seems to always be one of the few fighters that can kind of take it a left turn, some angle that I haven't thought of. Right. You know, and he's so hyper aware. You know, even when I asked him, you know, I think uh, Jose had gone, Oscar had gone, and I had, you know, kind of only asked two questions where they asked four. You know, he he's as soon as I said thank you, he said easy. You know, yep. and it was like he went through his brain like I had asked less questions yeah. after <laughs> just answering what you know what I mean. Yep. And I was just like shit. So respect, you know, I think he's obviously a great figure to, for, for the UFC to put up there on that podium and have him talk. I mean, he's intriguing. Like, I don't know how long he talked for. He was probably one of the longest scrums today. Yeah, I think like, he was over 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, just, just smooth. It, yeah, it's like, you know, it's not painful at all. It's 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 awesome. He, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because I feel like that star quality is – he definitely has that it factor. And obviously he's talking about his new contract and, and all that. It sounds like the UFC financially invested him a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like it's about like, – I, I, 
I don't know what it was, but maybe around um, the Paulo Costa fight, around the Jan fight, I, I don't know. I feel like he lost a little bit of likability. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, I just feel like, I, I don't know, he didn't speak to me a little bit. Like, it was like yeah. he was getting to be too big of a... I feel like maybe that loss did something where it was like, hold on, man. This isn't like the whole world is given to you and it's just your little oyster to do whatever you want to it. I, I feel like it's back now. Like, there's, I feel like more of a, a sincerity and a passion. I, I don't know. He struck me as... It was, it was, it I was think you're right. Well, yeah. he even kind of mentioned it as such. He's like, you know, after he addressed that loss, you know, he dealt with it and then he got over it, you know, because he talked about how I thought it was interesting he brought up about Whitaker and how he could empathize about going to the dark places when he lost and right. stuff. Like, that part of Izzy, I mean, that was just, it was very heartfelt and it was just very, like, like, I like stuff like that, you know, when, because Izzy lately has been so like, oh, these guys are nowhere, no one's on my level, you know, these guys don't understand, they don't think like me, they don't move like me, they don't this, but for him to then sort of like, dial it back in a little bit and be like, I, I empathize with that. I understand what, you know, what, after that loss, you know, like what that does to you. He's like, after Jan, you know, I had to deal with it and then it was gone and I moved on, you know, and I just thought that was interesting, but it did take into the account that that fight did do something to him. He right. did process that, that emotional, whatever, you know, for some, it was probably a roller coaster for him. Maybe it was a small little bump, a small little hill that he'd just get over. But you could definitely tell that that fight did do something to him. Um, but I liked that the respect that he showed, you know, mm -hmm. even though you know that these guys, you know, I think everybody could say there's definitely no, there's no love loss. If neither one of them saw each other again, I think they'd be fine and they wouldn't be like, oh, man, I really wish I would have squashed all the beef. But it was just good to see that, you know, there was two combatants that had a history, but there was mutual respect. Like nobody's going to any cheap, um, cheap just call outs, cheap right. bullshit, you know, like it seems like there's a lot of respect, but. Maybe the Izzy before that loss would have been more inclined to keep pushing down and just say like, "Y'all saw how silly I made him look." You know, he could have, he could have, he could have laid into him yep. really, really hard. And I didn't get that feel like he did that in the and today. So I liked the more reserved, the more introspective. But like you said, he was sharp as a tack. I mean, like he was bringing up shit that it was just when he said the thing about the hair, I was like, "Man, I know, right?" He fucking took it to another level. <laughs> I mean, like. It's like one thing, like you know, I know I'm gonna get into this guy's head, but I don't. I can do it in a way that I never have to say a fucking word. Yeah, I'm gonna go in there and he's gonna see my hair, and that's gonna just Remember. bring something back internally. I like that. You know, so I mean, that it's that's that's uh, that's bringing it to a different level. That's the whole psych psychological warfare, but on a different level. Some guys might need to come out and like I'm, I'm gonna threaten his family. I'm gonna threaten what I'm gonna do to him. And others are just like I'm gonna wear a piece of clothing that remember reminds you of your worst night of your life. Or yep. something you know it's like it's a whole nother level but by doing it um i mean it it just but it felt really it was just really really nice to hear what he was saying today and i think anybody watching it couldn't possibly sit back and just say man there's izzy again just talking his you know talking this stuff and giving a point i think that was what maybe some of the point before is that i think he he started reaching the point where he was becoming a little off-putting at times i agree because when he I first agree. came out on the scene it wasn't that way and then we've seen this many times where these guys get in and they start winning and they become champions or they start making more money than they've ever made before. The personality changes a little bit. And then we all run into a point where we're like, well, this isn't the person that I was first became endeared to. You know, we all start have to like, well, I'm still going to ride and die. I'm, he's still my boy. He's still my boy. But something sort of changes. So it was nice to see this version of Izzy again. And I always appreciate this, this type of fighter more than the guy that just wants to go out there and get, you know, cheap thrills or just cheap you know, chuckles from the, the, the peanut gallery by saying mm -hmm. something silly or whatever. Um, but I thought Izzy's interview today was, was fantastic. I thought a lot of the people up there today were very, um, very thoughtful and just very, there were some that were very, very short, but Izzy was one of the ones that he just proved that he's, he's a step above, even when it comes to interviews and even with the, like the stuff that he was able to think and talk. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic. I mean, did you, did know, you, uh, did you go with him in the, in your picks as well? I did. Yeah. I did. I like. I mean, I like Whitaker. It's I just, like you Whitaker know, a lot. Too, Izzy's I'd just love firing. To see Whit I, actually, yeah. to be honest, with you, I'd like to see Whitaker win. Like, I think he's a great champion, and I think like he's very deserving. Yeah, wouldn't be I sad just, if if I'm if just Izzy lost. Seeing it. I'm yeah. just having trouble seeing it. Izzy's just firing on all cylinders, man. It's 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 one of those things. Like, he just hasn't given anybody a reason to think that he's diminished or that he's you know there's injury in there or there's something that's you know. Uh, even when he took time to 
you know, we hear a lot of the guys actually point out, you know, like what their coaches and the sacrifices and the stuff that they do. I thought that was another hard hitting point where he was talking about and he was giving praise to his mm. coaches and what they had all given up. You know, he's but like, Eugene, would, Eugene would want nothing more to be with his family. And here are these guys willing to sign off on six months away from their family. You know, I think it's moments like that when you when you can actually realize that, how can you not internalize the the sacrifice that your team is making? Then it's like you better damn well make sure that you're giving your 110 percent because yeah. you have people that are putting their lives on. I, hold, I didn't know that Eugene you know? Berryman had just had a, a newborn. Kid. I didn't either. And that's that's pretty amazing. To, to as as a father, I can tell you to to leave a yeah. newborn kid and not be able to know for sure. Like it's hard enough when you're like, oh, it's fight week and I gotta leave on Tuesday. I'll be back on Sunday. But it's like. I'm leaving on Tuesday, and I'll be back sometime. (laughs) I think, honestly, like, over the past year, you're talking about how, you know, I've spent a lot of time with Bellator. I can't believe the dedication that these coaches have. We always talk about the fighters, the camps and stuff, but, like, in terms of the coaches having to do this every single weekend, flying to some city to corner somebody, maybe even fly to a different city to corner somebody the, the next night. And then also spending that much time with the guys in the gym. It's like yeah. a fighter's life nonstop, you know, like a fight week every week. So I think there's a lot of underappreciated coaches. It's that true, put man. Some serious dedication. But they're gone especially, every Especially week. the ones that they like the big major gyms, you know, like I think when I was talking to Nixick, we were talking to, to, to Safe, we were talking to Bob today. Yeah. You know, all these cats, uh, I mean, a lot of them, their stable of fighters is just getting enormous like some of them if they didn't didn't ever pull back they would never go home yeah you know they're most of these big places are getting that big they would never go home deserve a shout out man yeah it's pretty amazing all right main event like i said it's a big fight i'm not trying to say oh this pay-per-view that's a big fight i'm just me personally i'm having trouble seeing rob whitaker get it done and i and i hate to say that because i have a lot of respect for rob uh co-main event of course how, how fun is the co-main event in terms of, like, there's literally nothing to break down. There's no analysis that needs to be done. Like, hey, what kind of game plan do you think is going to be brought in here? Derek Lewis tied to Ivasa. I This, to me, I mean, obviously, when it, you know, most Derek Lewis fights seem like they're going to be pretty fun. But when you put them up against, you know, basically, I don't want to say a carbon copy, but a guy that's got that same style where it's knockout or be knocked out, uh, it's just fun, right? I mean, yeah, I love high level high level grappling and you know intricate level submission exchanges. But like this is just two dudes that can go in there and try to try to knock each other's block. I off. love it, man. It's uh, comedy at the uh, comedy hour at the the uh, media day today as well. So I think that was kind of expected and definitely things sort of went off the rails. I think a lot of cuppy, a lot of shoey references, a lot of cuppy and shoey references, sexual yeah. innuendo by so Derek Lewis and Derek uh, Lewis having an extra workout yeah. with his wife. Getting that, right. the Colby Covington workout plan, yes. I believe it's called yes. the extra yeah. cardio in the yep. bedroom. Yep, yep. So that was uh, it was it's funny, man. You know, I I it's it's they're, they're kind of similar in that they're so comedic in the way that they fight. You know, right. you know somebody's going down, and sometimes it can be sloppy, but they win a lot of times. And then I was thinking in my head about this, the square off this Friday that's going to happen. Like, Derek's square off is always so aggressive. Like, right. You know, he has to be separated. Right. And Ty does that thing where the he leans back. back. So I'm very interested to see how that meshes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it will I'm, be interesting. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but you're right. Because Derek, like, he wants to put the hands up and get right in your face. Yeah. And- Ty leans back and does like that old school boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I wonder because didn't Ty say that he had a gift for him? I wonder if Ty comes out with that gift and throws the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, do you off. know what that was? Well, he was talking about. I know Shui that everybody Vasa. calls him Shui Vasa, but is it an actual thing? I that didn't he's know making? that either. Yeah. yeah, he said I got a gift for him with Shui Vasa. I wonder if he's got like his own custom shoe line. Yeah, I mean that was be or something. But I think he's going to bring a gift, and I think it's going to throw. The, Derek will probably come out and they'll just something if he has slap something. it out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, I, I will ask you. I mean, you know, obviously, look um, this. Well, somebody's getting knocked out. I just think mm-hmm. that's all. I, you know, listen, I know Derek Lewis and Chet Congo happened at one. Yeah, just, I'm knocking on wood. I, I don't think I don't think this is actual uh, real wood. No, it isn't because earlier I set someone and the fucker cracked. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, but you're breaking furniture. But on this synthetic wood, I'm knocking right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't see the score. But what I did want to ask you because I heard a lot of people saying, uh, man, you know. I, I know Derek's the hometown guy or whatever, but really, you know, Derek Brunson, Jared Cannonier, that's the number one contender fight. That should have been the co-main event. But I don't know, right? Like, Derek yeah. Lewis in the co-main event, right? Like, you know it's going to be a Houston, knockout. Like, it's Houston. On. You give him the honor, and then whatever happens, like, you know the crowd's going to be buzzing going into the main event, right? Like, so that's what you're trying to do is set it up. So I don't think it's any disrespect to Brunson Cannonier, but I did see a couple yeah. people kind of throw that out there, like, oh, why'd you put this in the co-main event? To me – Perfect card placement. Yeah, I always talk about it like like it's totally in the Nolan's MMA promotion. It would be totally merit based. Sure, De- J- Jared Cannonier, Derek, uh, excuse me, uh, Derek Brunson 
would be that co-main event slot. But from an entertainment and a fan perspective in terms of excitement, I mean, Lewis versus Tuivasa is something that I have circled twice on that card. So you got to put it in that slot. Yeah. And obviously, Derek and H-Town is just a recipe for uh, getting the arena buzzing right before the main event. I thought I saw that Derek <laughs> explained it a little bit, too. I, I think maybe people missed this last time. And I totally understand, man. There's a lot of content to watch. But I heard a lot of people saying, why is Derek fighting in Houston again, right? Because he kind of admitted last time the pressure got to him, man. Fighting in Houston was tough. But if you remember, and I didn't know it ahead of the fight, but he explained it after the fight right. where it was, you know, listen, it, it wasn't just that it was, you know, fighting in Houston. It was the anniversary of when I got out of jail, like the exact day. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like it seemed like it was written in the in the stars that this was my day to be a UFC champion on the day of the anniversary that I walked out. And so that's what got into his head. So I, I saw a lot of people going, oh, I can't believe he's fighting Houston again. This is going to be a bad thing. I think if you're hinging your pick or your bet or your thoughts on the fight on that, that, hey, man, I think Derek's probably going to have another off night because he's fighting Houston again. I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think no. he's okay fighting Houston. It was just that one specific day. Yeah, I think it was that. And also, like, I just think if you look at the matchup that he had, that was just a tough one in general. True. You know, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, he dropped the ball. It was somebody he was supposed to beat. Like, right. that was stylistically kind of a nightmare. Too. So, uh, you know, I think he kind of talks about how he doesn't necessarily love fighting here, but he kind of likes it and goes back and forth. Um, I think there's pros and cons for everyone, you know. they they When they're in the moment, I don't think they necessarily love it, but right. then when they get the crowd pop or they win or they look back on it, you know, years to come, they'll be like, that That, that was, was a cool. special moment. That, that was, was cool. a big one. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I think the crowd is going to be buzzing either way because, like you said, obviously they're, they're, they're going to be cheering for Derek Lewis, yeah. but if Ty knocks him out – uh, it's still going to be a knockout, which they're going to hate to see their guy get knocked out. But you know it's going to be some insane <laughs> knockout because Derek's going to have been swinging at the same time. And then everybody loves the shoey, yeah. man. Like, I know that that would suck if it's your guy that got knocked out. But I don't know that I've seen a reaction in the history of the UFC like happens when Ty does a shoey and, like, the whole crowd is, like, lifting up shoes and boots. <laughs> and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And it's taken – it's escalated every time that he's done it. So I'm actually very genuinely interested to see how Houston takes it if that occurs. I'll tell you what's funny, man, is is I started thinking about this the other day, but obviously Ty thinks a little bit different than we do. Like, I would have, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a – like, yeah. a, a, a – <laughs> person whose official job is to give me a shoe and a beer so that I trust him because like especially yeah. you're in enemy territory like yeah. you don't know what's going on but I think he was asked about that and he's just like excites me even yeah, more yeah that was I'm a like, great line no. that was a great line I would have a guy that's my shoey guy right there yeah. that's the only guy I get a shoey from because you don't know what's happening in them shoes but uh <laughs> it's a it, it is I will say obviously we're big fans of Derek Lewis he's always been great to the road show he recommended the barbecue spot that we went and had yes, food we did with go. earlier we did tonight yeah, that yeah. Spot. Uh, shout out Derek Lewis and, and Camp uh, Bob Perez. That was a, a fantastic recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, but people love Ty Tuivasa, so it, I, it's it's just going to be it's it's like an old school fight, but it's fun. All right, we kind of touched on Derek Brunson, Jerry Cannonier. Um Interesting, right? I mean, because I, I thought Sean Strickland last week had a chance to maybe steal some of the shine from this fight. I don't think he did. I think he even admits that. I don't think there's much debate of that if he's even saying, like, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, the idea is um, if Brunson wins here and it's boring, does Adesanya not want to face Brunson again? You know, if Cannoneer wins, then it, even Sean Strickland said if Cannoneer wins, uh, you know, he definitely deserves it. He's been tearing through the division. The only guy he's lost to, of course, is Robert Whitaker. So, um, I, I don't know. I guess I want to get your take on, on this, Nolan. Uh, are, are you seeing this as clear-cut – number one contender fight, winner of this fight for the title, or are you saying uh, it's a potential number one contender fight and we got to wait and see how it plays out before we determine what's going on? I would say if Jared Cannonier wins, it's 100%, like 100, 100%. If Derek Brunson wins, I'll put it at like 90, you know, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is rematch. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, f I always feel like the promotion is less inclined to do a rematch unless it's between some, you know, two superstars or two really bitter rivals or there was some controversy. Uh, the second one was, you know, I, I do understand, uh, I, I was a little surprised by the reaction today, but I do understand the points people are making about Derek's comments saying, you know, if he wins this, regardless of any scenario that plays out, he's going to fight two more times and that's it. Um, you know, so if he, were to, if he were to win this one and then win the belt, he would retire as champion. Which, you know, I don't know if that twists the UFC's arm to a point where they're like, them, right? no, I mean, you're going to have a kind of a, a champion that might be pr hard to promote to begin with, and then he's going to vacate and retire. Like they probably don't want to put themselves in that slot. Unless so. he sees that champion contract and goes, "Did I say retire?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just Psych. joking with them. Yeah. You guys Psych. had a little fun. Yeah. So it's funny. So I think, uh, like I said, I was working from the hotel room today. Yeah. I think I got a phone call when he said that. So I did not 
hear that exact quote, and, I, and I'll be honest, I haven't gone back and, and, and watched it yet to get the full context. You know, sometimes when you read something or you see yeah. something, um, you, you find out later that maybe it was taken a little out of context or maybe, you know, you didn't think it was as sincere. But as you the guys that were there listening to live, do you feel sincere that, like, his plan right now is no matter what happens, it's two fights and he's done? I mean, I think it might be sincerely – that doesn't mean it can't change in sure. the future, but you know he did. He kind of gave some reasons. He said, you know, his brain feels good. He doesn't want to retire with some issues there. Fair. He's got. He said he's missing all his kids' soccer games. And then the other thing he said was, you know, he has a lot of little uh, business ventures that he would like to spend more time with. I know he does like some MMA promoting it, it down in uh, Carolina right. and stuff. So, uh, I mean, he definitely has his reasons. It wasn't just some feeling that he had that was passing through. So. It'll be interesting, man. Like you said, I think the uh, the champion. If if we get there, that's a big. That's two big wins away. But uh, if he got there, I think maybe the uh, the pay per view points and stuff might twist might his arm twist a, little a little bit. bit. So you think if Brunson wins, they they go to Sean Strickland? I, you know, I think that they would probably go to to Brunson again. Um, you know, just because I feel like Strickland's last performance. If he had gone yeah. out there and he had wrecked Jack Hermanson and he had you know nailed it on the microphone or whatever it would have been one thing but i just feel like that was kind of almost not a sidestep for Sean but it certainly wasn't the step he needed to Agreed. kind of get in an arm's reach of that title shot Brunson's got Ali Abdelaziz on the side too yeah, right yeah, he'll yeah. be he'll be certainly lobbying for him Absolutely. trying to make that happen yeah. i still you know it's funny man i i still and we haven't seen Dana since um since Sean Strickland fought but I still wonder if there's got to be like a little bit of hesitation to put that guy on the big stage. And I know the UFC, especially Dana, doesn't care. Like, how many things have somebody said something and go like, "Are are you gonna do something about that?" And he's like, "Bro, this is fighting. People say weird stuff and mean stuff." But right. like, I just think of the idea, and I'm not picking on Sean Strickland here or anything. Like, I like Sean. You know, what I mean, he says some out there shit. You know what I mean? But I'm not trying to be mean to him. But I am saying, like, you know, you think about, like, tomorrow, we're going to this press conference. And I get it. It's a press conference of fight fans. It's not exactly like everybody's going to be, oh, I'm so offended by what I've just heard, you know. Even though, even though we're going to watch these people go, you know, fight in their underwear in a cage. Right. But some of the stuff Sean says, man, I just think putting that on, like, the big stage with ESPN streaming it and the world watching, like, I feel like he's gotten kind of lucky in flying under the radar a little bit. And if yeah. he was on like a like a he's fighting Adesanya for the title, dude. I mean, the UFC has to think about that at least a little bit. You would think. You would think they were if they really were worried about some of the stuff, they would have said something by now. You know, I, I, you know, you definitely think that he comes in there that that the possibility that he's going to say something that's going to be really hard for them to walk back could possibly happen. But we've seen him fight other fights before this like this past recent stretch where. This past recent stretch has just been bad. Like when he when he fought, um, fuck uh, Uriah Hall. Mm -hmm. Like I don't remember feeling that week like it was like this. Like what we've seen no. recently. Like it seemed like it was just like he's, he's turned it up to eleven a little bit. He's lately, turned right? it, Yeah, he went to eleven and then broke the knob off and put <laughs> pliers in there and found a way to squeeze it a little bit past eleven. He's he's somewhere around the twelve and a half, thirteen right now. And you would like you would think that. You know, I would hope that he has enough sense that there are certain areas where, regardless of what you say, that due to your upbringing, that you're okay saying things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the light of, you know, when Rogan went out and was getting in a lot of trouble for his past, UFC never said anything. Right. You know, it could be very, very different if a fighter actually on a fight week of a major fight would slip up and say something. But if he didn't slip up and say anything back in Uriah Hall, but. Also, he wasn't doing like his current stick during the Uriah Hall. That's my main fear is that he's going to try to ramp it up one bit further and and take it to the next degree. And and it's hard to walk that back, you know. I mean, you could at that point it it, it just becomes a point where it's like, all right, UFC, you're not if you're not going to cut this guy if he if he keeps pushing the the thing, it's like you just it's hard to not lose a little bit of respect in the organization. I get it. It is people. It's it's human cockfighting, as people like to say, you know. But still, there's a point, you know. I mean, as much as, you know, we want to give everybody the personal freedoms, at least we want to, you know, do it within the, the means that you're not going to be oppressing a whole people by right. going out there and saying stupid shit. It's one thing to just be like, you know, you know, I hate motherfuckers that ain't me, you know, and I want to kill a person, which is fucking bizarre to hear somebody say it and have an organization not say anything. Um, it, it just makes you worry. But I, I there's there's a part of me that thinks that Sean gets it, that he wouldn't push it to the, to the point of where 
because uh, I don't think he wants to get fired. I don't think he wants to get let go. I don't think he wants to be released. But I think he's having fun. But I think there's a side of him that's like, I wonder how far I can push it. It just scared me when he said, now I can say things and they can't cut me. And exactly. I was like, yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah, they, they can in a heartbeat. And, it, and it, dude, and that's the thing is, it can be one thing. And that right. dude says a lot of stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? And one thing we said today and when we were discussing, because like, I thought it was when we were all together, but I think I was saying it at to the thing, and we, we've talked about before. If there was ever a possibility to have one fighter that you want to make an example of and say, this is the line, you cannot say this, and you cut that person, Sean Strickland is a perfect person to be that candidate because right. – while Sean is fighting at the top of the division, and here would, we are talking about it how would show that you're willing to fight, you're willing to cut a ranked person, right. with an incredible career record. He, he checks all the boxes, he checks all except the, boxes. the one that he's missing. Yeah, he's not a superstar, he's right? Not a superstar. So you could, as you said, you could absolutely cut him, not hurt yourself not too hurt, bad. That's it. You know, it's not like a belt. And again, no, I'm not trying to pick on Sean Strickland here. I like Sean Strickland. I like his oh, fighting style. I like, I like, he's fantastic. And there's, you know, there's a guilty side of me. I feel like a fucking hypocrite because here I am saying, like, dude, you're crossing a line. But there's a part of me that's like, I, I chuckled at some of the shit he said. Yeah. You know, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, you laugh at his jokes. You laugh at some of his jokes. But then here you are trying to say, oh, bro, don't say that. You know, am I a fucking hypocrite? Maybe well, I am. We're not am, saying it'll know? offend us. We're just saying that it'll offend somebody. It's going to offend like, somebody. <laughs> that, that's, you, know? you know, a sponsor, a broadcast partner, or somebody where they're like, hey, you got to get rid of this guy. And again, it's not like, it's not like, oh, yeah, but then what are we going to do for pay-per-view buys this year? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if it's already at the point, say if it's at the breaking point now where all the people that are what can be considered hardcores or the people that eventually caught on the niche are already on the bandwagon. If, if the idea is to grow the sport and to reach new people, is this how you're going to do it? You know, by letting this sort of vocal um, nonsense, if you will, be what is amplified and, and representing your brand and these things like you think that's going to that's the crowd you want to bring on because you're going to bring a certain, you know, type of individual that's not going to be the mass media. That's not going to be the mass population. Right. You know, as silly as it maybe is, and maybe the hardcore is like, I don't care that there's not a bunch of people that want to spend their time at the library and, and peace and love decide to want to watch us fight. We want the killers of the world that don't give a fuck about what you think. You know, it's like, I think there's more people that are on that side than the the others that are going to be amused by a lot of the the jokes and the banter. It's going to be interesting, man. I tell you, if they, like I said, I, I, good for Sean if he can get paid. I, I just, I think I'll be nervous. Like if I go to a press conference, I think I'll yeah. literally just be nervous of like what's going to happen here. Dude. It just sucks because I mean, I love everything. I love, I love the 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 belief in himself and everything that he's doing to propel himself. He's he's on everybody's tongue. Everybody's talking about yep. him. He's doing so in that sense. He's doing everything, but it's like. You're doing it because you're, you're you're we're questioning whether you went too far. Mm-hmm. We're not saying like, oh, this is Colby's new character. Colby's jumping on this bandwagon or whatever. I didn't have as much like, and it's not even like it's like it was like the cringe when you hear some of the Colby stuff. You're like, oh, that's a stretch, bro, because you know what he's like when he turns right. it off. When you're hearing some of the stuff that's coming out of Sean, you're just like, wow, that's like. There's so much truth in it that he believes, and he's like, real, sounds real. Like, I don't feel any bit of like when Sean's going out there and like saying this shit. Like he's playing a character. Like he's playing a fucking character. No. And there's something like, I'm like, wow, that's kind of scary. You know, not that I'm like, oh, he's going to go out and kill somebody, but like the anger and like the, the ignorance of some things and like thinking that nobody's being affected by when you say this shit. Like, you know, you can't walk back everything by, you know, he expects just, to be able to walk everything back. I just can't know? believe, I know the UFC hasn't publicly said anything, but I just can't imagine that those matchmaker meetings or whatever, like they haven't had like a little bit of a conversation. Like, are we sure about this guy? Like, are yeah. we, do we trust that we can put him out there? In the front? Like, I mean, does it need to be ESPN or Disney that finally says, probably. guys, here is this is what's going on. Like, I know you say you can't control what a fighter, but. We're paying the bills. We want you to control what a fighter is. If we have an actor for a Disney movie that's going out on this tirade, they don't put him in movies. That's a good point. They don't put him in. They don't do whatever. It's just I just feel like we're getting to the point. All it's going to take is for one or two moms to hear what's being said and write a letter to Mickey Mouse and saying my kid, you know, was watching this thing and they they were lurking about the ESPN and then then blah 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 blah. And then somebody starts saying, and then you got the, you know, Walt Disney and the Disney Corporation saying, like, what are you guys doing? Yep. You know, like, 
this is unacceptable, you know. And at that point, as much as Dana's like, they're fighters. We, there's nothing we can do. It's, yeah. a, it's a fighting. It's game. a fight business. People say mean things all the time. It's not your. It's not. It's not your money. I, I mean, know. like you're the president of the company, but it's not your company anymore. You it's know, that's the that's the sad part about it. I mean, like they're letting them do their thing, but at some point, there's going to be a breaking point. And it's oh, in, it's know? interesting because uh, you know I don't know if we're allowed to bring up other uh, other programming on this. I know you guys well, have. Uh, I mean, the, I'm, I'm not uh, sure if I've ever heard of it or not. Have, have to see no, it's a different one. Oh, okay. it's, uh, so Ariel has a podcast on Spotify that's been going on recently. Who's this guy? Through the, the ringer. It's a guy named Ariel Bahawani. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know if you've heard of him. But oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think he follows me he had, on uh, Twitter. <laughs> he had Tim Simpson on during Sean Strickland fight week, and right. he was saying that the UFC. Uh, Tim was saying that the UFC had had a couple of conversations with Sean about toning it down and, you know, he should kind of take a step back and stuff like that. Uh, leading into the last fight, no shit. So I'm interested. I don't know what kind of conversations that necessarily means. And like, I'm wondering hey, man, who we can't that put is. you in a title fight if you keep saying this or what. He said that like was a, that was a big one. Like the it's other different one, if well, PR like I, says it but, as yeah. opposed to Hunter. But like, or well, I know, but, but like, it, like I did notice, like pre-fight, Oscar's oh, hair right. was you, gay. Post-fight, Oscar's haircut was flamboyant. flamboyant. So, you yeah. did make me wonder. Did somebody maybe get a hold of they had him do some online training don't say or something. say this. Yeah. Say this. <laughs> they gave him one of those courses that we like all we have, have to, to take yeah. like every year. It's like, oh, it's that online learning uh, time. Uh, yeah. They're like, Sean, sit down. You must pass 70% of this. He's like, on my fourth try, I passed the 70th percent. I remembered which ones to say the right ones. I eventually got it right. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. All right, we'll see how the well, next that's couple good, months though. left. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, gives, that gives me hope. But like, like you said, I mean, like we were saying, like, it depends on who's making that talk. Totally. It's risk-reward, you know? You know, I mean, like, right. it's it's one thing if it's, like, Nobby, the the wonderful PR woman saying, hey, do this, and it's different than if it's Dana and then the powers yeah, that yeah, are actually yeah. controlling the, the, the money saying, you got to bring this back. But if he did, if he was trying to change, and he did I'm say just glad that they're actually... Head. He did say suits are in his head in, in that head. fight. I mean, so that's good. I yeah. mean, like, I'm... I, that gives me that gives me a lot of hope because I mean for a while there it just feels like we're gonna, it's we're like gonna they're book not paying you one attention. more fight. We don't care how you win. We just want to see how you act on fight week. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like that's it. Like it can be the most boring lay and pray fight ever, but we need to make sure you act appropriately during fight week. And if you do so, yeah, we'll give you a title shot. I mean, we've never this is it's like unprecedented. We've never seen somebody on the precipice of getting near a title shot doing something so vagrantly that could ch- that could contesting and possibly take that away there's a part of you that's like bro you're 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 what's it self-destructing mm-hmm. the possibility of you maybe getting a title shot and it's like hey, are you getting a pay bump are they telling you if you get extra clicks or something you get a pay bump or something it's like why go all in you know and unless I mean, he certainly because his profile has certainly raised uh, even true. if it's not necessarily for for all the best reasons so uh we'll, we'll see how everything plays out 185 pounds. i guess the the main card uh, kicks off with Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo, Bobby Green versus Nazrat Hakparas. Bobby um, Green. Yeah, I, I guess out of those, I mean, I, Kyler Phillips is, is a fun fighter. Obviously yeah. coming off a very disappointing result last time out, but a great fight out um, against Marcelo Rojo. I mean, I think we know why this fight, it's just fight should be pretty much bonkers. I think that's why that one's on there. But Bobby Green, yeah, dude, Bobby Green was great again today at the media day. He is he has honestly become one of my absolute favorites yeah. on the roster. MMA junkie super fan, Bobby Green. He yeah. is, man. I love it, man. But he's he's honestly one of my favorites on the roster, man. He he loves MMA junkie. He, he his, his fighting style is fun. You know, he comes in there, yeah. he's going to drop his hands, he's going to roll his shoulder. Doesn't talk as much as he used to, but still does talk a little bit. You know, he's going to have some fun. And then, of course, um, because I wasn't part of the official crew today, I was in the chat, and it was kind of funny when Nasrat Hakparas came in, like the the plethora of Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> yeah, jokes. Yeah, right it, And it's so funny because I feel like it's played out at this point to call Nasrat Hakparas like baby Gastelum, but every time you see him, it is shockingly in my like, head today i said mini gaslam i like and i was like oh yeah it's, it's like little gaslam coming I, in i was like uh i was like uh in the chat i was like man that's a pretty funny accent kelvin's using like i like this you know <laughs> like this is like his impersonation of a different fighter but that should be um that should be a fun fight as well i think yeah, yeah. That, that's a banger i mean that's if one of those fights i think the, again card placement is key and that's yeah. just kicking off the main card i mean that's just perfect you know i love it i think 
I think this is going to be an entertaining pay-per-view. Yes. Like I said, even though I, I may have started off the top by saying I'm not as excited for the main event as I was the first time it happened, I still – it's a high-quality fight. Anytime you have champion and number – anytime you have the two best fighters in the world in a division, even if you're pretty sure you think you know how it's going to go, it's still an honor to see the two best fighters in a weight class going at it, and that's what we got here. So yeah. it's a good main card. Prelims, too, I it, it's – you know Not as stacked as the main card. I mean, no, there's, there's some people that they're giving a really good shot to be on a big platform because some of these ones – they easily you look at the name you're like wow you're gonna you're gonna throw them on a on a, the the big pay per view it's like they they look like should be fight night but the, the prelims are not know. as the prelims are not as tough I will say this uh, unabashed admitted Andre Olasky Homer I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm an Andre Olasky Homer I think he was yeah. looking for you today was he oh, no, I felt bad I wasn't there man I know he's looking I, for me. I have to say we had a <laughs> lot of people hold court today we had Israel Adesanya hold court Derek Lewis held court. Bobby uh, Green held court, but Jared Vandera had like his stand-up comedy set going for that. Jared Vandera was, he was funny. fired up. Uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, I will say he said he was fangirling out. I don't yeah. know why he wasn't yeah. fanboying out, yeah. but he was fangirling out that he was fighting Andre Olaski, which I thought was pretty funny. Which I guess is cool, we didn't though. do our job and call him out on that. Yeah, yeah man. Sir, sir, certainly, sir, you meant you were fanboying out, right? <laughs> is there something? Should have called him out. Yeah. But I, I thought that was funny, and uh, I love the fact that he said he, he shaved his beard, right? He's like, I, he's like, I, yeah. I, I'm not going up against that beard. That's yeah. epic. You know? It was funny, he too. He was awesome. You were saying how you kind of felt bad that you snickered at Sean Strickland's comments. Yeah. You know? I was think was the only one that laughed in the media room when he said he was raising his daughter and she was being a brat and she's turning into Sean Strickland. Oh yeah, I, I thought was that was funny. funny. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was awesome. That, I, I, I actually I actually typed in the chat at that point. I was like, that is when you know you have failed as a father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no offense, Jared. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. pretty. No, funny. he was good. He uh, his yeah. and he every time he gets more, he opens up more and more. And it's like yeah. I, th I remember thinking last time I was like. Wow, this guy is kind of funny, but he wasn't as on point. Like this was, like you said, uh, it was a comedy show. Like yeah. he was—he's always he was right, firing he on gets all up on the scale and does like that little yeah. wave. Yeah. Like he's—he's he's got a character. I think we yeah. saw the character yeah. more than ever. Today. I feel like yeah. this is going to sound bad. Kind of, I'm not trying to be offensive, but when he started, I thought he was, you know, not the most interesting cat in the world. And then he became kind of so unassuming that it became super intriguing. Right. And now he's swinging around yeah. where he's like. Like you said, opening up and yeah, that was it was funny today. And you know? it's cool. Like I mean, I love. I mean, I love the idea. I mean, we hear guys all the time. You know, they they, uh, you know, yeah. I've been watching this guy fight since I started. You know, but you know, I'm gonna go out there. I'm not gonna treat him any differently when we get in the cage. It's gonna be yeah. this, this, or this. It was kind of refreshing to hear the person just be like. Yeah, I was fangirling out like you know it's it's Andre Arlovsky. I'm like wow when I saw that name and I was just like holy cow, holy cow, you know. And I, he didn't drop. He didn't try to. He wasn't like oh I need now to to sound you know like oh you know I'm this and that. He just embraced it and there was something fun about just the humbleness of it and just the the fun playfulness of it. But yeah, every every time I think he gets better every time we see him. His his interviews up there get better and and better and funnier and funnier. And it's funny me, you know, because I was thinking about Andre Lossi. Like obviously me personally, I, I'm super excited. I, I'm super excited. For now he look, he's four and one in his last five. So it's not like yeah. they're just having him just because. Now you can say, well, it's not necessarily winning over high level guys. He's he's winning decisions. He's not finishing fights. And I get all that, but. I think there's a generation of fans that probably just doesn't understand how big of a deal Andre Olosky was. You know, what yeah. I mean, there was a time where he was kind of like among the the, the poster childs of of the organization. You know, I mean, I I was in my reasons to watch thing. You know, I, I remember a time when you know the casuals that didn't really know the sport. Kind of like how there was a generation that would like, hey, tell me about that Irish kid, you know, when Connor was first coming up. Like, what's uh, that guy? But it was like that dude with the fangs. You know what I mean? Andre was that dude with the fangs. And I, I don't know, man. He's he's. A, I, I can understand if you're a newer fan of the sport, how maybe you're like, why do they love this old 43-year-old heavyweight like so much? I don't understand. But, dude, I mean, this dude's been – Dude's been in the UFC for 20 years. I mean, obviously yeah. he left for a while and came back, but he debuted still. for the UFC 20 years ago and still going at it. And uh, I mean, again, like I said, I'm gonna bash Homer, but he's hilarious behind the scenes. Dude, he's a yeah. prankster. Uh, yeah. His the career mouth guard is iconic. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> his career resurgence is like not talked about enough. Yeah. He was like gone. Yeah. He was getting knocked out. Or I think people he got were like, "Dude, by you Tim got, Sylvia. You gotta retire. Yeah. Like, what are you doing?" And that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still here. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. So I'm I'm excited to see him. You know, I don't think he's uh, you know necessarily hanging it up anytime soon, but he can't keep doing it forever. So I'm excited to see Andre Olasky. And then of course, uh, the retirement fight of Roxanne Modafferi. Um, again, a, another one that 
I'll say that I'm personally homing for as well. Obviously, a lot of people know that um, she was one of my kids' jujitsu coaches, so um, I have a definitely a close bond. I mean, with, when somebody's out there teaching your kid and imparting wisdom and being elite, like you just can't help but have some affection for them, you know. And she was obviously her 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 passion for it. But I, I know that that's not something that um, I speak alone in, man. It's just such a unique character, and I thought. Honestly, I clipped it out and put it on, on my Instagram, even though I now find out that Cole Coffee's probably going to flag it and strike it and have it take it down. But, <laughs> That's right. Uh, but the clip of Israel Adesanya. I don't Adesanya, that permission request. The, the clip of Israel Adesanya <laughs> where I think it was Jose Young's asked, uh, you know, Israel about Roxanne. Obviously, they share a love for, for anime. Yeah. And, you know, and I wasn't sure. That was sure. another answer that was really, that was really, really cool. Oh, my God. I wasn't, was very sure, good. I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. You know I mean? Yeah. How familiar is he? Re- I mean, okay, she likes anime, but how familiar are you really with her career? And then he says, yeah. you know, we shared a locker room. She's a gem. She's, you know, she, and it is so true because it sounds like an insult when you, when you say it. And it is kind of, you know what I mean? But it's so true when, when he's like, look, it's, you know, it's not like she has any, like, athletic gifts. or You know, and, and when you say that, like, she's not the most gifted athlete, like, I'm just going to say, like, I don't think she's athletic at all, you know what I mean? But that just makes it all the more remarkable that she's been doing it this long and that she had that kind of willpower, that kind of drive, that kind of, you know, add in the fact that she has no real natural athleticism, that she's half blind, you know what I mean? Every time I watch her fight and she has her glasses off, I just, I'm like, how much, is, I wish I could see, you could see her what just, it actually looks like. Because you can like see her just like seen. squinting, like trying to see your opponent, like what? It's amazing, it's amazing. But obviously, I mean, we've talked, I feel like we've talked about a ton of time, like she gets cleared, so she knows that yeah, yeah. she passes whatever the vision test is. I don't know if that's just a matter of how many fingers do I have up right in front of your eyeballs. But every time when you look at her, I'm like, how is she able to even do what she does? Yeah. Because she has that look on her face like, I can't see somebody coming at me. But then she goes out there and does it over and over and over. One of the best things I thought, and we, me, and, me and, and and the young buck here were talking about it. Did you just forget my name? Huh? No. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a burp that was like having an issue coming out. <laughs> this guy right here. Uh, yeah, this guy. This dude, my pal, buddy. Buddy over here. <laughs> what's your name again? You're the new guy. Uh, this is brought to you by La Adelita. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about how one of the things that she mentioned was like she was getting the little headaches after like sparring. She was starting to get like the the mm. the sparks in her head yeah. and these mm. these signs that we we are wondering. Me and this guy here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, buddy, we're wondering like how many fighters get that feeling, but then overlook it and think like, oh, you know, whatever. It's just a tough day at the thing. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fight through it. I'm gonna fight through it. But she's smart enough to say, hey, this is not normal. This, this is, is something different. You know, and the so the fact that she was recognizing it. I almost want to just be like, you know, you should be a beacon and go out to others and say, like, this is when I realized this was the time I needed to make the decision that was smart for me. You know, realizing that you're not firing at the right levels, but yeah. also if your body is giving you signals like, hey, maybe maybe this isn't so good for us anymore. I liked how she switched up the uh, training. She said she was wearing the headgear, but then the headgear was causing other issues that was frustrating her because they were grabbing onto it when they got down and started grappling or whatever. But um, that's just another sign of when you – she is always – every time, even when I used to uh, watch her and, and when she was with Invicta and right. other times when she was floating around from different organizations, there's always some gem that she releases. She's always been sharp as a tack, and she just says these things, and you just you, – you, how can you not love her? And I, I, as an anime lover, love that side of her. Mm-hmm. The fact that she says her favorite parts and the things that she's going to miss the most is the weigh-ins because she gets to be, have that little bit of personality – and go out and have fun with it, you know. Um, she's a gem, man. I mean, like, she, hopefully she's one of the ones that after the fact, if people don't realize what Roxy was able to kind of bring to the sport, yeah. let alone what she's been doing for so long, but just bringing that casual flair to things, you know, about it doesn't matter if you look weird or if you look different. If you believe in yourself and you go out and That's do it. stuff, you can do anything that you want to do. That's and if it. and if somebody thinks what you're doing is weird – who cares? Yep. I enjoy it. I'm going to go out yep. there and do it. I mean, and she just waves that flag and it's it's fantastic. So like when that's gone, there's going to there's going to be a void that 
somebody else needs to try to pick up because not everybody's be not everybody is Roxanne. No. She might not be like you said the most gifted, the most athletic fighter, but what she brings is different than what other fighters are doing. But yeah, and you know, and that's but that's why I think too what makes her such an effective coach, right? And then one of the reasons I really was happy to to bring my son there to learn from her is just like you know, it's like they, they, some of the greatest athletes aren't great coaches. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. Michael Jordan, like. Well, just do this. Like, well, coach, I can't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, she has had to do everything perfectly, like, technically perfect and learn how to do it. And that's yeah. the only way she's had been able to have me. So she's, I mean, I'm telling you right now. So kind of what I've done with my son. So my son has gone, like, to, like, four different gyms. But as a kid, what I wanted him to do was I wanted to learn. So crazy. Some, yeah, how old is he now? He's, he's nine. And he's, he's like, yeah, he's on his fourth gym. He is. So, well, he start, so he <laughs> his started, fourth major gym. He started at Extreme Couture because, like, I really wanted to learn, like, like wrestling base. Not right? your normal gym. And and, and then okay. he wanted to, and then he uh, he wanted to learn to try a gi, and so at that point, oh, yeah. where do you go for that one? Syndicate, because oh, at that yeah, point that I was one. like, Roxy would be an yeah. amazing coach. Yeah, team and then yeah, we did Syndicate for about one. a year, and I was like, all right, now I want to take you to a hardcore jujitsu gym. Oh yeah, is that just another just little gym? Drysdale's. Oh, Drysdale's. So he could try okay. like like hardcore like just you know new age jujitsu. And then now he's at American Top Team Nevada. Because oh yeah, another small one, sm- another small small little school uh, yeah, yeah. under Alex Davis. Because Alex wow. does. What's a more, he gonna do when he turns ten? Alex does a more like <laughs> judo based uh, program. So basically, I wanted to try like a year at all yeah. these places. And but I will say this. Um, and, and we've had amazing coaches at all those places, Is he going places, down to Coconut obviously. Creek and, and when he turns 10, I mean, we may go to, you, know, you know, you go to the, the flagship sometimes just to, to check in. Dude, that's, uh, so, that's so impressive. That's so awesome. It is pretty crazy to think about where he's trained. Uh, yeah, and he really – it's he thinks it's normal. Uh, but the thing <laughs> is so – the thing is, I, I will say this, though. Like, and we've had some amazing coaches, some amazing instruction, but – Roxy still has like a special place in his heart, you know what I mean? Because she's like a big kid, and yeah. like she's so amazing. And I do hope that uh, that he'll train under her again. And look, I think she's going to do fine. I think she'll, I think she'll remain in jujitsu. I know she kind of alluded to some future plans today, but didn't say didn't what wanna, it was. She didn't want to say what it was. I'm sure she'll definitely be instructing. I don't know if maybe she's thinking about opening her own school. Maybe that's what she's alluding to. I, I don't know this. Oh, well, that could be something. Maybe that's something she could do. I mean, have I know her own we, business. I remember when we've done stuff at Syndicate. Watching her control like her classic kids, yeah. they were eating out of the palms of her hands. I'm just telling you, if you have a kid in Las Vegas, yeah. take them to Syndicate right now, or if she opens yeah. her own gym. Take, she is phenomenal. And, it's amazing and the, to watch. She's oh, she's amazing. She is super special. And um, and I was, it was it made me think because I was thinking about you know retiring obviously because she, she you know they don't publicly release salaries anymore, but when they were publicly releasing salaries, she's been around so long that yeah. she makes pretty good money. You know, not you know Conor McGregor money, but yeah. decent enough. But it's so funny. I don't know if you guys saw this the other day. She posted a picture of her with a with a car. She bought a, a, a new car. But it's not a new car. She said, my dear Corolla broke down, which if you've ever seen her car parked outside Syndicate, like it had to be like a, a 1980s Corolla. That's dude. Awesome. Like, she put hundreds of thousands of miles awesome. on this thing. Yeah. But so she said, my dear Corolla broke down, so I ended up getting a 2015 Honda Civic. I'm sad, but I like my new car. And it stuck out to me because I was like, well, it, it's new to you, I guess, but it's a seven-year-old car. Yeah. But that's how, like, just she's frugal, she's smart. You know what I mean? She's not out wasting money. So I'm sure, like, all the money that she's made in her career, I bet she's got a ton of it. That car's going to last her for, like, the next oh, 20 years. Oh, she'll drive this thing for 20 years, <laughs> man. But I, I don't know. I just I, – I put that clip on, on my Instagram because I thought it was so cool that, uh, that Adesanya had such, you know, kind of glowing things to say yeah. about. And it's another one yeah. too it's a it reminds me in a lot of ways of like Andre Alassi like how he just said that I bet there's a portion of the population that doesn't understand why there's such passion and love for Andre Alassi yeah. I bet there's a real portion of the population that doesn't understand why there's such love and you've seen it right I know Sean Alshadi put out a big yeah, piece that was phenomenal. Uh, Danny Segura obviously yeah. did even the I mean, media I mean like it's across the board like if you wonder why all the reporters are writing about it I mean that's mm-hmm. a reason like she resonates across to everybody I mean she's fantastic yep. yeah and some of those fantastic uh, some of the takes that were in sh- Peeling back the curtain here, just about me making everything about me. But uh, thanks, guy. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest, you know, being my age, being 26, there's a lot of about M- MMA history that I was not, I did not live through. You know what I mean? When I was in kindergarten, first grade, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I was not watching the UFC or following it, I or at college, local I MMA, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so for me, when it comes to Arlovsky, when it comes to her, like I really have to read things that really contextualize the situation. I can look at memorize wins and loss records and who won titles, but it doesn't really give me the full picture. It. And that thing with Sh- that Sean wrote, I think some of the takes there were just like it was just it was such a good for me. I 
I knew her. I knew her from her UFC. I knew her from her Invicta days. But to kind of get that whole picture of who she was was really phenomenal. Hearing like the uh, her old promoter saying he brought her in and picked her up from the airport, and he thought it was you know who's Harry Potter girl. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take her. You know I'm gonna take her in, and she's gonna get destroyed. You know, and so everybody's awesome. gonna hate me because I had this girl get beat up, and then she goes in there and beats who at the time everybody thought was the best female in the United States. So uh, it was it was a good story, and even even people like Juliana Pena, right, who's kind of got a harder shell, right. so to speak. Yeah, I don't yeah. think she necessarily has a, a ton of of, of uh, female fighter friends in the UFC. Like, you know, r- she was saying Roxanne was the only one that trusted her on the whole show. The whole uh, the rest of the cast didn't like her because she had a relationship with Misha Tate, who was the opposing coach, and everybody thought she was getting a privilege, and Roxanne was the only one that was there to, to cut weight with her and stuff. So it's crazy that she can come across generations, across all sorts of people, cultures, you know, uh, age groups, whatever, and, and kind of have that impact on everyone. I mean, did does he yeah. say that? He's like, if you, if you can't if you can't like Roxanne, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Even though he phrased it a little differently, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's F- like, he's F you, F you, yeah, F you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Awesome. If you don't yeah. like Roxanne, F you. I, was, yeah. I actually I actually used that in my in my uh, my piece for on the, <laughs> so on the awesome. reasons to watch, man. So uh, we'll miss her being in the UFC. And uh, listen, man, and I said it too in my in my preview piece. It's true, like. They're not giving her any favors, man. They're not doing. They're not yeah. giving her any favors on the way out the door. But honestly, like it's crazy. But like I- I'm sure that's exactly what she wants. You know what I mean? She doesn't want some. Hey, don't give me somebody you think I'm supposed to be. Like give yeah. me the hardest challenge you can because that's what I'm here to do. Like that's literally who she is as a person. Um, it's a tough one. I mean. Uh, you know, luckily our, our staff picks aren't public on that. Uh, I would probably have to go with Casey O'Neill, unfortunately, if I'm if I'm being honest about the pick that I would make. But uh, no question, the heart will be for uh, for Roxanne Motiferi, man. So it's uh, she is a special person, man. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, sad to see that she's going out, but it sounds like like you said, man, she's, she's getting out the right the time, and she's got some yeah. things in the works. And yeah, she's... the right time and with some things in the works, which is which is the best part. I mean, I love the, the fact now. It seems like fighters are doing the right things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're setting themselves forward, you know. And, and hopefully, she's a she's a good example for what people should do. I mean, like when your body's giving you one thing, and uh, and and you have stuff set up, get out. Yep. You know, get yep. out. Uh, uh, listen, uh, as far as the rest of the prelims, Alex Perez versus Mashnell, I think is is a fight that's getting no fight. love whatsoever. That actually is meaning to be. They're both coming off losses. It's been rescheduled a bunch of times. Um, I'm sure what's going on at the top of the flyweight division, knowing that the belt is tied up and there's plenty of contenders in their way. Maybe that's why there's not as much buzz about this. I don't know. This, to me, is a very meaningful fight that's not maybe necessarily getting the love that it deserves. That could have been a main card fight. I, 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 to be honest with you, I was a little surprised that, that one wasn't on the main card. Easily. Yeah, Easily. I was a little surprised that wasn't on the main card. Yep. Uh, Max McGrishan versus William Knight rounds out the uh, ESPN prelims. And, of course, when you go down to ESPN+, Plus, I just ask you, uh, Nolan, if there's anything that kind of stands out to you. I mean, you got Ronnie Lawrence versus Mana Martinez. Is, which I know a lot of people are yeah. kind of high on. Alexander Hernandez, Hinato Moicano, that's a little bit of an oddly placed one, yeah, too. Yeah, like very really down there. That could be a main night. card fight. Yeah. I think that's going to be an absolute <laughs> banger. Uh, I know Alexander Hernandez gets a, a level of hate. Uh, I'll be honest, I find him an incredibly intriguing character. I mean, uh, some of the stuff he says is so out there that I just love it. But listen, Hinato Moicano had some slip-ups, but he, I mean, the slip-ups have been coming against some top-level yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, Fabio Schrant versus Carlos Olberg. Of course, Carlos Olberg, one of the Adesanya teammates that's on the prelims. A.J. Dobson, the undefeated stud that looks like a beast. Um, I'm high on him. I'm high to see what he does in his debut against Jacob Macoon. Douglas Silva de Andrade against Sergei Morozov is uh, a couple of veterans there. And then Jeremiah Wells against Blood Diamond, which I think is amazing that the UFC has agreed that, like, he's just going to be Blood Diamond. Like, there is no official uh, anything calling him Mike Matheta or however you say his last name. Anyway, yeah, he's yeah. just Blood Diamond. A three and O fighter. Three and O, but kickboxing multi- is you know kickboxing history. True, is well. true. But there's like multiple. There's like another fighter that's like three and one, I think, or something, which is interesting. Like, I mean, when you look at the contender series, that the the threshold used to be six wins. Yeah, yeah. And now they're bringing guys in, you know, with connections. You know, with history, whether it, it be the other ones, it, it does help. How about the fact that Adesanya said yeah. he's going to show up for Blood Diamond's fight and then go back home and the then come Adesanya back to the was talk- The way Adesanya was talking about him, I am so intrigued to watch him fight. Because, I mean, yeah. like he literally was like, this is the cat that I can't wait to hear what the commentators are going to say about how this guy fights. And then I was like, 
I want to see it now. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited I'm super to see what happens. By it, it, it feels like if he doesn't come in there and just have like this scintillating knockout, yeah, yeah. you're going to be like, what was that? You're like, is he your full mate? Hey, listen, hey, Jeremiah Wells, I've seen firsthand. The man can crack. Like, he, if he catches you, uh, you know, things will happen. So, yeah, no but one, it's hard to crack. You can't crack oh, a diamond. Hard to crack a blood diamond. Diamonds, man. That's a diamond. <laughs> see what you did there. See what <laughs> you did there. But, no, any of those stand out? I mean, I know you're always constantly kind of uh, got your eyes on prospects and kind of newcomers yeah. and that sort of thing. So, what, what about these prelims? Do you have your eyes on? I mean, I really like the Mana Martinez versus Ronnie Lawrence yeah. fight. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence, he, he kind of gives off. There's a category of fighters who I think compete on contender series, and they're not necessarily given the respect they deserve because they don't uh, go out there and get a head kick or a spinning wheel kick. And, like, there's guys that have been great from that show that some of the best guys on that have competed on that show weren't even signed, you know, because of those performances. you got like guys like Dan Ige, Daniel Rodriguez. Those are good fighters. Uh, and I th- kind of put Ronnie Lawrence in that same category. He did, I believe, get a contract straight off the show, but it was a decision. It was just – but a lot of the things you see, he just looks so well-rounded and so good as I'm boring cold coffee with my <laughs> Ronnie Lawrence breakdown. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of mine. And Mano that's, Martinez, that's early morning very exciting. Day. That's not you, guy. Very exciting. And uh, – <laughs> See, here's the here's the kind of background to this as That's well. That's you, new guy. When I used to do Twitter mailbag, and I would be like talking about prospects and stuff, and <laughs> Kenny would always message me they didn't have B-roll, and like, I was like who That's, is this? Now I get to see what happens dude? in person. Who is this dude? Yeah. But anyways, that's one of the fights, and then the other one too. Anytime William Knight's in a fight, yeah. like I just it doesn't MMA sometimes doesn't William make Knight's sense awesome. in general, but like his fights in particular make no sense to me. Yep. Like yeah. just some of the positions, like oh I'm just gonna stand up from like while the guy's mounting me, you know what Why I mean? Not? So uh, I think him and Maxime Grishin, who's gonna be a lot, I would assume taller. So dude, it's yeah. funny you say that, yeah. right? Because I was like in, in, in my kind of thing in my 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 reasons to watch thing, I was gonna say something about how like it's gonna look weird. They're listed as six three and five ten. Yeah. There's no way. Hmm. I think I feel like Grisham's taller than six three and I feel like Knight's shorter <laughs> than five ten. I mean five inches is pretty significant. Yeah. That's what she said. But I no I, <laughs> But I feel like it's I, I in my head It's all how you use yeah. the five uh, inches though. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the visual is gonna be a little bit more striking than than it seems but on Knight paper. is so jacked yeah. man like I mean, you just like you don't. That's not a guy you call short. You no. never say that unless you're like in the two states away, and you're like, "Yeah, that dude's short." And he's like, "What?" He flexed that big ass peck, and it like knocks a, you out. Like I'm looking in the mirror every he, time I see him. Every him, time. Oh, wow. Is that a photo? Every is that time. a Photoshop of me right there? What is going on? <laughs> but yeah, I, he's he's an impressive dude, man. That, that somebody's gonna get knocked out on that one. Cold coffee. Anything else stand out to you? I know, I know you're not much of the prospect breakdown, but is, yeah, is it all no, about I mean, blood diamond for you. I'm if so, he starts I'm, talking I'm, going I on super, about Sergey Marzov. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, Sergey Morozov, you know, I mean, he really has got a tough, tra- you know, coming in. Going, oh, God, oh, no, and, and uh, yeah, no, Blood Diamond does it, you know, and I mean, besides that, uh, no, I think we had to talk about Prez and Chanel is fuck. I think that one is going to be a fun. Fight. Yeah, fight. it's going to be fun. But no, I mean, overall, I th- I think there's pockets in the prelims. I think there's some of the fights that you know you're going to wait for the, you know, like I'll sit here waiting for Hernandez and Moicano, but. I'll watch the Sharon fight and be like, "Wow, that was fantastic!" But um, no, they need to, they need to have some more ladies on this card, though. That's the only thing that's lacking. <laughs> it's a 15 fight card, by the way. I feel mm. like you know they they booked these you can tell by that long ass media day today. We like didn't they, even have everybody. <laughs> I feel like they booked the 15 fight cards like expecting, expecting stuff to fall yes, off, yeah. and uh, luckily that's uh, that's those days are over. Knocking on synthetic yeah. wood once again. <laughs> Hopefully we're okay. Uh, anyway, all right, listen, to USC 271, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Joe from H-Town, who was kind enough to uh, yes. pick me up from the airport yes. yesterday because, obviously, again, I'm uh, not on the corporate account this week. So yes. uh, every little bit of money I can save is nice, and it was uh, it was good of him to pick me up. And when Joe from H-Town picks you up, not only does he pick you up and provide you transportation. What else does he do? He brings some frosty beverages as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He he's like, did not. He's like, not only am I going to give you a ride, but I'm going to stop by with a cooler, and we're going to have a couple cocktails. Yes, and and we did, did that. So uh, shout-out to Joe. Joe from H-Town, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, if you like what you listen to, I should have said earlier, please, uh, patreon.com slash Show. We would appreciate that. Yes. Um, leave us some feedback on iTunes or wherever you listen. Yeah, you know, you keep giving us Patreon. We can, we can pay this new guy here, and I'll remember his name next time. <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Buddy. Yeah. I call everybody buddy. Buddy's a term Special of Special shout-out. 
special well, shout out to this guy we just found on the street yeah. who actually happens to know. Here, here he I sounds was, familiar. He sounds familiar. And here though. I was thinking I was special that you called me buddy and you call everybody. <laughs> oh, buddy. Well, sorry. Yeah. Buddy is like my yeah. term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> so good to be on the road again. Eight months is insane. To be on the El Camino. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. We'll see. I don't know. Well, I guess the next pay per view is Vegas, and then uh, we don't know April yet, do we? Uh, Jacksonville. Oh, April's Jacksonville, right? May is the one we don't know where yeah. it's going to be correct. yet. Yeah. I mean, we just got to keep coming to Houston. Uh, if people don't know, COVID doesn't exist in Houston. You can it's tell by because no one's wearing masks. And mm-hmm. Doesn't exist cares. in Jacksonville either, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, it doesn't exist in Jacksonville. Well, it's good. We're good. We'll see how it plays out. In the meantime, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll be right back.